Anybody? Well, I'm just glad I'm saved. There's the fifth one. Would you open your precious Bible tonight to the book of James? The book of James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Now, this has become one of the pastor scriptures that I have... I think when I first got here, I preached through the whole book. And this is one of my favorite books in the whole Bible, the book of James. There's so much here. (coughs) Last two Wednesdays, I've been speaking on keeping our church relationships, uh, strengthening them. But tonight, I want to deal with this subject, wisdom for our families. Wisdom for our families. Now, if you look in James chapter 3, we find um, the question is asked. And by the way, I've preached on this passage many times. But the Bible says in verse 13 of James chapter 3, Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Now there's the question. Who is a wise man? We, uh, We ask that question like a lot. Well, Who's wise? Does that person think he's wise or are you wise? So God gives this qualifying question, who is? Who is a wise man? And to do with knowledge among you. So we know that there are wise men that are full of knowledge among, among us and among even the, the author, the uh, The audience in whom he's writing to. But notice what the Bible says. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. So here's what he's saying. It's who is a wise man. There's the question. There's the qualifier. And here's the answer. He's not going to talk about it. He's not going to be a talker and say he's wise. The Bible says he's going to show it. He's going to show it. By his um, actions and by his good conversation, which is not the way he talks. That's the way he lives, the way he conducts himself. Who is this wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. So it's controlled power. This word meekness means controlled power with wisdom. Now, he hones in on what real true wisdom is in this passage of Scripture. Notice what the Bible says. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, it's devilish. It's of the devil. For where envying and strife is, There is confusion in every evil work. Now, I want to give you a little word study here just tonight. When you look at that word strife, this is the word that now psychology and our man-made word for that today. Have you ever heard of someone say they're a narcissist? You ever heard that word? You think you know somebody like that? Well, before... Man came up with that word and called someone a narcissist. The Bible's already got it covered. The word is strife. For where envying and strife is, this isn't of God. A narcissist is someone that lives in their own little bubble and everything revolves around them. And so they call strife 
If anything else don't line up with their agenda, they cause strife. So we would call them a narcissist today. We're talking about some really strange way people conduct themselves. But the Bible says for where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. So we understand the Bible's separating a contrast here between what looks like wisdom and what really is wisdom. Now be careful because the Bible says here when you see this bitter envy and strife, glory not because the Bible says this isn't the truth. Here's what it says. This wisdom. So in other words, it's smart. It looks like wisdom. You ever figured out somebody they're so good and they're hard to figure out but the end result of that thing is evil. I'm going to tell you why. Because they're using this false wisdom. They're using devilish, sensual wisdom that for mankind or for humans, we look at it and say, man, they're smart. That must be right. That must be good. But God says, wait a minute now. Be careful because this isn't wisdom that you need to be thinking about. It works. They sometimes get their agenda done. You know, they sometimes get the things done that they need to do. And sometimes it takes a while to figure out who people are. But I want you to know something. The Bible says right here, be, do not be, don't be fooled. It's not wisdom. It's sensual. It's fleshly. And the Bible says it's devilish. This wisdom. Look at verse 15. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but it's earthly. Look, here's what I'm saying. In other words, this wisdom, this cunningness, this craftiness, this way of life is the best that man can conjure up with their evil hearts and evil philosophy to get what they want and to, do, to cause all the problems that they can cause. And to people that are not saved, they look at that and say, man, they're real capable people. They've got real wisdom. No, the Bible says they don't have real wisdom. It's earthly, it's devilish. But it fools the many people. Notice verse 16. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Then I want you to notice verse 17. But the real thing, the real thing, the wisdom that is from above, and that's what we're interested in. I mean, this is what we want. I mean, if we're a Christian, I don't want some devilish, sensual. I don't want to be cunning. I don't want to live the kind of life of where I'm living a philosophy and my life is, is a bunch of confusion and envying and strife. I don't want to live that way. I know way too many people that live that way. But God says, but the wisdom that is from above is first, notice what the Bible says, pure then peaceable, then gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Notice what else the Bible says. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now I want you to mark that. Them that make peace. Write this down. Peace doesn't happen. Peace has to be made. So, who's this wise man? The qualifier is, who is he? The Bible says he's going to show by his works and by his meekness, controlled power, in wisdom. Now, the Bible deals with two wisdoms here. Number one, the false wisdom and true wisdom. There is a counterfeit wisdom and then there is the real thing. 
Knowledge, notice this, knowledge, the Bible says, who is endued with knowledge? Now knowledge, you're just knowing things. By the way, you're as knowledgeable as you want to be. I've run into people before, man, and it amazes me. They're well studied on a lot of things. I love running around people or talking to people or getting around people. And you know, you get to talking about to them and they've read and they've done some uh, questions and they ask and they're kind of well-rounded in a lot of different things. I mean, that means that they've worked at being knowledgeable of having some intelligence of learning about things. And by the way, we ought to want to know, learn things. By the way, your education shouldn't have stopped when your 12th grade stopped. Education is not confined to a classroom. Get that down. Education is not confined to a classroom. So we can know as much as we want to know, especially in this day, just having knowledge. We can read books. We can study things. By the way, I love watching documentaries. You learn a lot of things. You learn a lot of things about history. I love reading books. I love reading articles. Why? Because I want to be knowledgeable. If someone comes into my life and they start talking about a subject, who knows? That might be the very subject if I know a little bit about it. It might give me an open door to talk to them and be able to witness to them. Now, I'm just going to say this. This is kind of funny. But years ago, uh, we had a family member up in Indiana. <clears throat> they were getting married up in Bourbon, Indiana. My father found out that he had a brother many years later. It was a surprise package. He found out he had a brother up in Indiana. Never knew him until he was up in his 30s. And so uh, from that time till now, we've gotten to know that family. Well, one of the children got uh, married, so we went up to the funeral. Well, we're sitting there in the house just talking, and I would have never known this, but I, what's, I went not to the funeral. Yeah, marriage is a funeral. Amen. Oops. I'm going to share a little something with y'all. I know this is awful, and I probably shouldn't say it, but I'd rather do a funeral any day before I do a marriage. Conduct one. I mean that. But anyway, and I know that probably shocks you. But man, I, I, I get nervous with them marriages. But yes, a marriage. Not a funeral. I'm sorry. I knew I said something wrong. I lost you there. That is the most y'all woke up all night. So we go to that funeral wedding. And uh, we go up there. And we're sitting there at the, the dinner before. We're there. And we're talking. And the family on the, the, the mother's side... They live in Kansas. Well, one of the guys that's there, he's like on the board of directors of the University of Kansas. He's on like the athletic commission at the University of Kansas. Now, I've never really kept up with Kansas football, but just a few years before that, they had a quarterback by the name of Todd Reesing. He was a wide receiver, but he turned quarterback. And then the, the, the coach that was with them at the time uh, Mangino, I think his name was Frank. And for some reason, that just clicked in my mind. So when he brought up Kansas, I started talking to him about Todd Reesing, and I started talking about the coach, Mangino. And I'll never forget that guy. He said, how in the world are you from West Virginia and Tennessee and know anything about Kansas football? I said, that's a good question. I said, Todd Reesing just stuck in my mind, and I just never, I thought that was neat that he'd switch from a wide receiver to, a, to the quarterback position. And then Frank Mangino was just, didn't look like a coach, so that name just popped in my mind and stayed there. And he won coach of the year that year. I said, I don't know. He was like, man, that's unbelievable. You know, I would have never dreamed. Nobody knows about Kansas football, and that's probably about right. 
But I want you to know, that's knowledge. And look, there's a whole lot more that I need to know. But I'm just saying, we live in a day and we need to ask God to help us to retain information so we can be knowledgeable. But that's not the same as wisdom. The Bible says who's in due with knowledge. The Bible says then that we must be, this person is going to show with meekness of wisdom. So what's, we, what's, what's wisdom? Knowledge, get it now, is intelligence. Get this, wisdom is insight. Wisdom is just more than just knowing something. It absolutely comes from God when we ask Him to give us wisdom. See, it's good to have been knowledgeable about math. I mean, you need to know 2 plus 2 equals 4. And you need to know 4 times 4 is what? 16. Thank you, math teacher. That's knowledge. And by the way, you ought to know that. And by the way, I'm still, I'm still chasing and trying to find that elusive Y and X in algebra. But I'm going to tell you right now, education will never give you wisdom. That only comes from God, and that helps you how to make choices in life. Insight. So we see knowledge is intelligence we know that wisdom is insight so let's just look at a few things here we're talking about wisdom for our family number one let's look at the contrast look at verse 14 through 16 we find a counterfeit wisdom it's fake although it looks like the real thing it might get things done but the bible says it's counterfeit it's not the wisdom that we need. By the way, this is the only thing the world knows how to do. They only know how to have uh, uh, earthly, sensual devilish. They love to call strife. They love to have bitter envies. They love to have evil works. That's all the world can do. But the Bible says that this is false wisdom. It's counterfeit wisdom. But then if you look at verse 17 and verse 18, you're going to find true wisdom. Why? What is the difference? Here's the difference in the two wisdoms. Number one, the source. The Bible very clearly says the source of this first wisdom, which really isn't wisdom, it's counterfeit, but it's earthly, it's sensual, it's devilish. So the source of this strife, vainglory, envyings, bitterness, all of that stuff comes from where? The source is from the devil. Notice where the true wisdom comes from. It comes from where? The source comes from God Himself. The Bible says this descendeth from above. This comes from God. So we understand the motives of real wisdom. The philosophy of real wisdom. The source of real wisdom. So think about the contrast here. Think about it. You have either earthly, sensual, devilish, or you have that which has come from above. The world, the flesh, the devil, or from God? Think about it. The motives. Here's what we say. We can seem wise and do good things with the wrong motives. We can seem wise. The world's done this well. They seem wise and looks like good things being done, but the motives behind it is devilish. Now we see here, the Bible says bitter envy. What is that? That's jealousy. It's degrading. Bitter envy. By the way, there's no place for this in a church. There's no place for this in a home. 
it won't stand. It will start to cripple a home and the relationships in that home setting. So we understand this bitter envy. Notice jealousy, it's, it's degrading. But then I want you to notice this, strife. What is strife? Well, I just said to you the earthly name for that or what we would call a man-made name for strife would be what? A narcissist. Well, what is a narcissist? I'm going to tell you what all that person is. All they have is carnal ambition. They only have their own carnal ambition. That's their motive. That's their goal. That's their reason. Their whole life revolves around them. They don't care who they cut. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care who they dispose of. They don't care who they lie about. They don't care. All they're worried about is their own carnal ambition. And they will chew people up and spit them out and not think a thing about them. They will use people until they are no longer needed and they won't just discard them. They'll cut them out of their life. This is what someone would call a narcissist. But the Bible says they're full of strife. Why? Because their motives are wrong. All of their interest in is their own fleshly ambition. So we see the contrast is very clear. You got the real thing, real wisdom, and you got the false wisdom. You got the real thing that comes from God, but then you got this counterfeit wisdom. It looks good, it gets things done, and it works for a while, but God says, be careful, don't be mocked, don't be deceived. That's not the real thing. So I would think for Tiftonia Baptist Church families tonight, I would think that we would be more interested in wanting to have the real wisdom and be able to identify the fake wisdom. But to be truthful, all of you moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, it would be very helpful for us to be able to identify the false wisdom because our children or grandchildren could be involved in it. So I think the best way to figure out what the counterfeit is, study the real thing. I learned this years ago, people that are always the testers or people that are identifying counterfeit money. Do you know how currency? Do you know how they study to find out if something is counterfeit? They don't study the counterfeit. You know what they do? They, they really, really study over and over and over and analyze and analyze the real thing. So when they see the real thing, they know the real thing so well, when they don't see the real thing, they can spot it. So what are the characteristics of this real wisdom? Because this is what I'm interested in. I really want to have wisdom that comes from God. I don't want to conjure something up from the world. I don't want to conjure something up and say, oh, well, that's what so-and-so is doing. No, I would rather have the real thing, true wisdom for my family. And every man here tonight, you ought to be interested in true wisdom from above because you're a destined leader. You have a family. You have children. You have grandchildren. And God has put it on the responsibility of men to lead. And we ought to lead with wisdom. So what is the characteristics of the real thing? Number one, I want you to notice. Number one, and this is just like God. It starts with the inward man. I want you to notice here in verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above, notice the wording, is first what? Pure. There it is. It's real. It starts real. 
There's real motives. It comes from the inward man. It's not something that's conjured up. By the way, real wisdom's real because it's, it's what's there. The motives are pure. They're pure. It begins with the heart. Everything, I told you this, everything, and I believe this, and I struggle with this at times, but everything's spiritual. God looks at our heart before He looks at our hands. I want you to think about that. What our hands are doing really is not as important as why our heart's wanting our hands to do it. Heart before our hands. Think of this. Then, if it's pure, it's going to affect our outward manner of life. See, I was accused of this months ago, years ago, actually. Someone and I, and I, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with with social media. And the reason being is it can be used for good, but then some people can get on there and they can just throw stuff out there to the court of public opinion, and that thing never ends. I mean, it can go on forever, right? That's why we ought to be wise putting stuff up on social media. But once someone said, well, I'll tell you right now, all pastors concerned about is the outward appearance, and I'm saying. There is no way. And they, they put this big write up, and I'm like, what? <laughs> they listen to me. I, I've told y'all a thousand times, we can pretty this out, set up all we want to. It really don't matter. It's what's here. Everything comes from here. The inward man. Everything comes. Whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But if it is pure and it's in there and it's real, I'm going to promise you this. It's going to affect the outside. It's going to affect our actions. Who is this wise man endued with knowledge? Let him show with what? His actions. With his conversation. The way he acts. The way he talks. The way he moves. The way he conducts himself. Why? If it's pure, if it's real, and he has the real wisdom from above, the Bible says his outward, his actions, his manner of life is going to show. So it's pure. It's got to start here. But notice what it does do. Then it moves from the inside to the outside. Notice what this true wisdom does. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then, see, here, then. Get this, then everything else will follow suit. Get this, everything else will follow suit. See, some people, all they want to do is hit on the outside stuff. We want to nail on the outside stuff. We want to talk about the fruit. We want to hit the fruit. No, get the root, get the root, and everything comes out of the root. So God deals with it perfect. So it's got to be pure, number one. And then notice this, peaceable. Now Matthew chapter 5 tells us, blessed are the peacemakers. Notice it doesn't say peacekeepers. Peacemakers. Why? So I'm going to tell you all something right now. Peace has to be made. (laughs) Can I help everybody in a family setting? If you want to keep fighting, you can. And by the way, old me right now, I'm pointing at y'all, but I got three right back as I'm sticking that thumb up. But I do got three back. I remember one time years ago, we were young, the children were young, we were living in Ronsford, and of all times, it was Christmas Eve. 
And we had, hey, look here. We had, we listen, we had to visit all of southern West Virginia. Somebody give me a witness. I mean, we had 40 stops to make. We had two small kids. And I'm going to just tell you all right now, by the end of the night, I pulled up on a... I pulled up at Grandma Leslie's house in a place, and I'm just going to tell you right now, oh, oh, oh. It didn't set well with the lady sitting beside me in the passenger side. I was frustrated. I was aggravated. She was frustrated. She's aggravated. And I'm telling you all what, it was six hours later. We're still at it. It's Christmas Eve. And I mean, I'm in the ministry and Clay and Kaylee's upstairs in Clay's bedroom. They're praying, saying, Dear Lord, please help Mommy and Daddy to stop arguing. Oh, I know, I know now. Yes, I'm your pastor. And I'll never forget what I looked at him and said. I said, Clay and Kaylee, I'm always ready to stop, but I said, I'm sorry. I ain't even begin to fight yet. How silly. Right? And I can't even remember what we fought about. Can y'all? They can't even. So it's real big. Can't even remember it today. So what I'm saying though is, is you know what? That's what Clay and Kaylee looked at me. And I looked at him that night and I said, hey, listen, I was crying. I said, I want y'all to know, I usually don't want to argue. But I tell you what, your mom done got me riled up. I'm ready to go. You know what I was telling him? Here's what I told him. I ain't going to make peace. But I'm going to tell y'all right now, that night could have went a whole lot better and could have went to bed a whole lot sooner if I had just made peace. Now, I know I pointed all that on me, but there's times, too, that you get your dander up, and that can stop real fast, too, if you just make peace. I'm preaching to myself. Peaceable. See, this wisdom from above is peaceable. Some people like to stir stuff up. I mean, they always got something stirring up. I mean, they're always stirring something up. They're trying to stir up trouble. But you know what? But the wisdom of God and from God is not going to do that. It's going to cause peace. Someone that has wisdom will come into a situation and it's all blown up. Someone, that, someone that's got the wisdom is will come in and they're just going to blow the wind of peace in there. And next thing you know, they're like, what happened? I'll never forget, I've been, I was in a meeting one time and there was these two couples in the church and I'm just going to be honest, they were upset with one another. And I happened to be in that meeting and pastor was just sitting there and he was listening to them. And about the time he was so wise, after they got done talking, he just opened up his Bible, he read about four verses and man, I'm going to tell you right now, the conviction fell so thick in that room, boy, them two couples just started crying and they hugged each other and said, we're sorry. <coughs> Peace. That was wisdom, see. Pastor didn't say, I'll tell you right now, yeah, get him, you got it right. <laughs> now he read the Bible, man, and about that time it was like, shoo, peace was made. See, that's wisdom from above. Peaceable. Let me, I got to hurry. Think of this. This real wisdom, if you got it, I'm going to tell you what else. The Bible says it's going to be gentle. Notice what it says, but the wisdom of God is what? Pure, peaceable, gentle. Here's the characteristics of this wisdom from above. It's appropriate. It's courteous. Some people want to use a dynamite, and I've done it before. You know, you got a little problem there, so what we do instead of just taking care of the problem, 
we got to take care of a little bit of problem. But what happens is we throw dynamite on that and we take care of the problem What we blow up everything around it. <laughs> Overkill. Okay, well, gentleness, wisdom from above gives us gentleness to where, well, we're going to deal with the problem, but we're not going to cause more and blow up a bunch more. See, that it's appropriate. This wisdom, when God, this wisdom that comes from above, we ask for this wisdom for our families and from above, it's gentle, it's appropriate. Then notice this. Easy to be entreated. Now, that's wisdom from above. You know what that means? You're easy to talk to. That's all that means. You're easy to be approached. You're easy to be a talk to. You're easy to, what, reason with. You ever try to reason with somebody that's unreasonable? That's not wisdom. If you have wisdom from above, you're going to listen. And not only listen, you're going to be able to reason with people. You're going to be able to be easy to talk to. I would hate to think that I'm your pastor and you couldn't even come and approach me. I know people that way. But I want you to know, I believe this wisdom from above is easy to be entreated. You're easy to present facts to. You or me can be persuaded if it's true. If you see the facts and you say, hey, well, I've been doing it like this all these years. But then you've been given facts and there's a better way. You would be easily intrigued. You say, you know what? There's a better way. That's just wisdom. From above, easily entreated. Notice this, full of mercy. This is the characteristics of the real thing. Now look, there's different stages of the Christian life. But we're going to have to have mercy for all of it. And if you don't believe that's true, wait till you have teenagers. Somebody say amen. Yeah, you got to have mercy for all. Here's what I'm going to say there. You better get you a long rope. If you go hang them high, you better get you a long piece of rope and give them a little bit of grace every once in a while because you're going to need it. Come on now, it got real quiet right there. But see, what we like to do is we like to short the rope up on people, but then when we do it, we want a long rope. No, the Bible says you ought to be full of mercy. If you're going to be fair to your children, then you ought to be fair to everybody. If you're going to show grace to your children then you need to show grace to everybody. You're going to be full of mercy. You're going to give a long rope. By the way, say, Pastor, you're too soft. Maybe I am, but I'll say this. I would rather someone deal with me in love and softness than cut my throat out and leave me bleeding on the floor. Because by the way, our movement has been really good at that through the years. Full of mercy. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad God gives me mercy. See, wisdom from above, we give mercy. Then notice this, good fruits. That's another characteristic of this real thing. Think about it. Kind feelings should lead to kind actions. Good fruits. A fruit is uh, like if you have a reservoir, a reservoir doesn't give anything out. The water just stays there. But we think about a creek or a river, it's flowing. Why? It's producing, it's spreading it out. And that's what this is talking about, good fruits. It's an outlet. We're, 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 we're good fruits. I never forgot that message that Brother Margaret preached years ago. 
The good will of God. We're doing good things for people. That's good fruit. Wisdom helps us to realize that we can do good for people. It's like we're saved so we can be a blessing. We're, we're saved so we can serve. It's like we're not just bottling it all up. Oh, I got a good message tonight. Okay, well, what are you going to do with the message? Well, that's mine, Pastor. Well, no, you got a message, and who are you going to share that with? If God spoke to your heart, who are you going to share that with? So these good fruits, you're, you're giving fruit. You're not just keeping it in. I, I'm going to be honest. I won't give you his name. But years ago, years ago, years ago, um, there, um, Pastor had an evangelist in. Well, me and him and Steve Allen. Steve Allen's in heaven now. But Steve Allen and his wife are blind. And man, I love to hear him sing. Y'all remember Steve and Sharon Allen? Well, he was blind, loved Steve Allen and his wife. They were both blind, and man, he sung bluegrass. And man, I love Steve Allen. And this evangelist was a well-known evangelist, and he came, and he was preaching at our church that week, and he was only going to, he was going to preach for the whole week, but Steve Allen and his wife could only stay through Wednesday, so they were going to leave. So we're at Shoney's, because Steve Allen loves Shoney's. And he was blind, so he, here's what he'd always say. He said, oh, Mark, here's what I want. He said, you go up there to that bar. He said, you get me a heaping plate. And when he said heaping, he meant a heaping plate. Give me a heaping plate because he was on a diet. <laughs> He's like, give me a heaping plate now, Brother Mark, with just eggs and bacon, protein diet. I was like, okay. So if I bring that thing in there and he go, he said, no, boy, I told you a heaping plate. I'm like, Steve, it's overside now. The eggs are flowing off the side. No, next one, I want you to give me a heaping plate. We're sitting there eating, and this evangelist is there, and Steve Allen and his wife are only going to be there for that night, and then they're leaving. And this man was preaching through Psalm 23, and he was preaching some powerful messages. I'll never forget it. Steve Allen, I can't say looked at him, but he was talking to him. And he said, boy, I just want you to tell you to know something, brother. Those messages are powerful. He said, we're leaving tonight. He said, I won't get to hear your next two messages. He said, could you share them two messages with me that you're going to preach on Psalm 23? Now, I'm not lying to you. Here's what this preacher said. He looked at Steve Allen and me sitting there, a young preacher. He looked at Steve Allen and he says, no, nah, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. Those are mine. I went, huh? Yours? You can't give this man an outline and you're going to preach it the next two nights? I'm going to tell you all right, something right now. Wouldn't walk across the street. Told me a lot right there. That was not wisdom. Why? Because I'm going to tell you right now, that ain't good. Everything we have that God's given us, we ought to have a desire for everybody else to have it and to know it. There's nothing that's mine. This Bible and a message is not mine. Hey, listen, if there's going to be a good message preached, whether I got, came up with it or not, it's a good one. If someone else preaches, it, I don't care preaching it again. There's nothing new under the sun. It ain't mine. Are y'all with me? It's not ours. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is good fruits. We're giving it out. Then notice this. I'm going to close. Without partiality. Now, this is important because, man, I've seen this cause a lot of problems. I've seen moms and dads be fair to their children and unfair to others. That ain't wise. It's not wise. It's not wise at all. It's not wise at all. And I believe I can say this with complete through here. Our children obeyed the rules in this church. They didn't get a pass on it just because they were the pastor's children. 
And by the way, yours shouldn't either. You say, well, why not? Because you're hurting your children. You're not hurting anybody else. Because when you cut slack for them, here's what happens. People start to not like them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know people right now say, so I can't right now. I didn't go to that church anymore because the preacher's children got away with everything. Well, that's the preacher's fault. That ain't wise. Got to be straight across the board. I want y'all to know something. I have just as much interest in this nursery and my children ain't in it and neither one of my grandchildren are in it now, but I still have just as much interest in this nursery as I did when they were in there. I have just as much interest in the bus ministry, the teen ministry, the children ministry. I have the same interest in it today and ain't a none of them in it. Why? Because the Bible says the real wisdom of God, you're not going to show partiality. You know what that does? That hurts people. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all ever seen somebody else being treated different? Bothers you, don't it? I don't care how spiritual you are, it bothers you and it puts a bad taste in your mouth. Why? Because God says right here, it's not wisdom from above. Wisdom from above does not show partiality. It's without partiality. Then here's the last one, without hypocrisy. Now, oh me. You know what I've learned? It's real easy to point out everybody else's faults. I can preach on y'all's all day. Don't bother me a bit. But I'm going to tell y'all right now when it starts getting a little, little sticky. Y'all know what porcupine preaching is? It's when you get to point. And look, we all need work here, including myself. But I tell you what, we ought to be quit a whole lot less critical of others and we ought to be more critical about ourselves. That's what wisdom is. True wisdom is without hypocrisy. In other words, you're going to be more critical about yourself than you are everybody else. I don't know about y'all, but isn't that simple stuff? But isn't that powerful? Do you know how many relationships and how many people have gotten upset just because somebody has has shown partiality? Would y'all just back with me right here? Can I just get y'all to interact with me right here? Be honest. How many of you, some point in your life, have had to deal with somebody or something or someone bothering you? You've been affected because somebody has showed partiality in your life. Would you raise your hand? A bunch. So here's the lesson. Let's not do it. Let's ask God to help us. And by the way, parents, it's hard when it's yours. It really is. It really is. But we have to be careful. Amen. This is wisdom for our family. Y'all want the real thing? Certainly don't want the counterfeit. So we know where we get this wisdom. We ask God and he doesn't. He he gives it to all men liberally who ask him for wisdom. So let's ask God for wisdom. And there's the characteristics of real wisdom. Study those characteristics out. See if they're in your life. If not, say, God, I need your help. I want your wisdom. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Thank you for being such good listeners.
wisdom from above, the real thing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Now I pray that you will speak to our hearts and help us. Lord, I want the real thing. We need the real thing. And so, Lord, I pray you'll help us. We ask it all in Jesus' name and all God's people said. God bless you. Have a great night. Love each other.